Welcome to Glib Shark, the podcasting madness of three people and the shark of their dreams. Our hosts include Jack Jenga Ship Edithel, Lauren Obo Crazy Urban, and Jonathan Roadblock Cerna. Dive in as they chat with interesting people across the internet and generally talk about really geeky things. Be a chum and join us, won't you? It's time for Glib Shark. I like this plan. My window. So oh I my God, yeah, you have I, two things of ice cream. What the hell? Yeah, I don't know what you Oh Jesus Christ. Well no wait, I I I love you dearly, but this is not opened and that's would you would you love of my life give me just like a cupful? Because we are about to start I think we're streaming now actually. Yeah, we're actually <laughs> streaming now. So let's get started. Hi, I'm Jonathan. Hi, I'm Lauren and I have the best husband ever. And we are collectively Glib Shark. Uh, Jack is away doing family things, I can assume. So he will not be with us this week. But we do have the lovely, the talented, the amazing Obo Crazy here to do a little something we call This Week in Geek. Hi, Obo. I, I'm super happy because Luke just got me mint chocolate chip ice cream. So, I mean, what's, what's, what is best in life, Conan? It's not the lamentations of the women and seeing your enemies driven before you. It's mint chocolate chip ice cream brought to you by the, the man that you love or the woman that you love or whoever. Just someone who loves you bringing you the thing that you want the most in life at that very moment. I have no transition to This Week in Geek, so let's just begin. Jonathan, you have a very lovely name and your very lovely name is shared by quite a few people. You know, it's a very Some common name. Some would spell it incorrectly. <laughs> it is spelled a multitude of ways. I, I will not say whether it is correct or incorrect. But let me ask you, if you had to guess what was the fastest rising or the fastest growing boy's name in the United States for 2016, what would you guess? Um, I would guess because I actually do know the answer to this. So Aww. I'm going to go ahead and say Finn. <laughs> well, you've proven that you know that you you are very well aware of of this um this story. Sorry, Luke just handed me the bowl of ice cream, and now I'm excited. So, not Finn, no, but Kylo. That's right. Kylo is the fastest growing boy's name in the U.S. according to the Social Security Administration, who they release an annual list every single year of popular baby names. Uh, Kylo ended 2015 at spot 3,269 and became the fastest growing boy's name in 2016 by jumping 2,368 spots. So it's it's now within the first 1,000. So we're not talking like top 10 or anything. Let's not go crazy. But still, I mean, first off, it's a Star Wars name. It's a Star Wars name that isn't, say, Luke or something that you can get away with as not an obvious Star Wars reference, it's also the name of the bad guy, which is super interesting in my opinion. The um, We'll have to see whether as more movies come out, if it gets even more and more popular, maybe. I mean, we've already seen some of the stuff Kylo has done, and he's done some bad things, and still it's a popular baby name. So my question is, if he has a redemption arc, does his popular does does his name's popularity go down, or the worse he becomes as a as a villain, the better his name gets? I don't know. We'll have to wait for next year just to see. Um, what you don't have to wait for is Mr. Rogers. If you are like me, and I know I am, you remember Mr. Rogers vividly. I was more of a Sesame Street person, but I I think Mr. Rogers was amazing. Fred Rogers was an inspiration and he did um, 886 awesome episodes for PBS. And yesterday, as of this recording, so uh, Monday, May 15th, Twitch started broadcasting every single episode of Mr. Rogers neighborhood. That's right. All hundred, all 886 of them. Twitch says the Mr. Rogers neighborhood streaming marathon will include many episodes that have only aired once or are unavailable elsewhere online. Not only is it a chance to relive some good educational kids programming, the marathon is actually a opportunity to help PBS. 
Twitch is making it pretty easy to donate straight to a local PBS station. Um, there's also opportunity to win some Fred Rogers swag. If you are a streamer on Twitch and you host the marathon on your channel, you are entered into a, a giveaway for 100 exclusive Twitch cardigans, which is obviously what Mr. Rogers wore all the time. The marathon is going to be lasting about 18 days. So from listening to this, you should have plenty of time to at least catch some of it. And while you are watching it, you get access to a most based on the characters from the show, a lot of the, the puppets. And, you know, it, it's kind of like when they did the, the Joy of Painting with Bob Ross. It's like it's nostalgic and it's happy and it it feels good and it's positive and it's something that is warm and fuzzy and makes you just happy to watch, which, you know what? Nowadays, a lot of us kind of need a moment and a place to go to just be happy and content. Also, this is a chance to remember that you can donate to your local PBS station and all of the good stuff that PBS has done throughout the years and why that's a good thing. Finally, we're going to go from the super G, the super, super safe for kids and work and school and everything to the exact opposite. Um... Hey, are you watching American Gods on Stars? Jonathan, are you watching American Gods on Stars? Uh, no, because I don't have stars. Yeah, I don't either. And I really want to because that so it's a uh, it's based on the Neil Gaiman book, American Gods. And by all accounts, it's kind of awesome. And then I saw this headline and this headline kind of makes me want to subscribe to stars, even though I don't even have a cable subscription just so that I can watch the show instead of waiting for it to come out on some kind of streaming service. Brian Fuller demanded a reshoot of the American God's gay sex scene because it wasn't gay enough. That's right. There was a gay sex scene in American Gods. Which anyone who's read the book, that shouldn't be a surprise. But apparently the original version wasn't gay enough. Um... Yeah, when American God showrunner Brian Fuller saw a cut of the epic gay sex scene in last Sunday's episode, he basically said, nope, this isn't gay enough. Go back and reshoot that. And basically the, the reasoning behind it is that with the exception of Mr. Brian Fuller, everybody who was actually in the room for the initial shoot are heterosexual. None of them are gay. So while they tried their best and they certainly put passion into it, it wasn't quite up to the task and Brian Fuller has said in interviews that this specific scene um, between a uh, salesman and a, a genie essentially um, with them having love in a New York city hotel room was of, of the, why do you want to do this book as a TV show? You know, can you name off parts of the book that inspired you? This was one of those main things. And it's, uh, he mentions because, yeah, it's a it, it's a hot gay sex scene, but it's also one of the relationships in the book that is at its at its most pure and loving and beautiful. And so it's a romantic gesture and it's kind of a beautiful thing in the book and that he wanted to capture that moment and have it be visual and gorgeous and inspiring and not gay porn. So. Yeah. Hey, if you're if you have stars, um, go enjoy this scene because this this sounds like it was kind of awesome. And now I really, really, really want to see this show. And also, I just love that headline. I think it's the best headline ever of all time. That's all for this week in Geek. I'm Obo Crazy, and I have mint chocolate chip ice cream. Um. The world is indeed a strange, minty place. And if you have a fact mm -hmm. you want read live and on the air, hit us up at Glibshark or at OboCrazy for OboCrazy directly, me at road underscore block, or at Jack Edithil for Mr. Jingaship, who is not here, but is with us in spirit. Mm -hmm. So if you're watching us right now, and very few of you likely are, we are streaming some Player Unknown Battlegrounds, which is this hot new game that has just come onto the scene. It is pretty phenomenal. I have just started playing it, and it is 
it's wonderful. Like it's one of those games where after you play it for a little while, you think about playing it, and it is it, it that, that's how good it is. You're just you're pretty much always thinking about it all the time. Now, for those who have not heard of this game, what is it? If you could describe it in a few words or less. Okay, so Player Unknown's Battleground is a shooter. It is sort of massively multiplayer in that the each instance is 100 players. And what it is, it is a survival game. It is literally Battle Royale, like the Japanese movie, where a bunch of kids get, uh, get put onto an island. They, have to, they are manipulated by the environments of the island, so they have to keep moving and getting closer in on each other to... to inspire combat and they inspire conflict and this game is pretty much that you parachute onto an island with about 100 other players uh you have a an area that it that of play that gets smaller and smaller and if you are outside of that area you die and you basically once you drop in you have to pick up guns and stuff like you you don't drop in with any weapons at all and everything you find is what you get now there's a couple, just watching you play this, there's a couple of differences. One, you aren't playing as children. You are not children. You are no. actually, yeah, you're actually an adult. Um, and, I mean, there's no there's no plot, right? There's no, no there, overarching there, narrative. There's, there's no... no plot. The plot is you drop onto an island and uh, and kill each other. That That is the plot. Now, is it, it looks like you're playing in third person. Do you have... Third person, first person options? Yes. you. There are advantages to either, depending on what situation it is you're in. I find that I like to go first person if I'm, if I have a weapon and I'm clearing a building. But just about any other situation, I like being in third because you can do stuff like this where you're running a certain direction, but you can move your head around. And mm. so you can run. Oh, oh, found, found, finally found a gun. Jesus. Okay, and so I'm assuming um, there's melee weapons. There's obviously, if you've just found a gun, there are um, there, there are guns. Um, are there vehicles? Yes, there are. There are very few. Um, finding a vehicle is sort of like finding finding treasure. Um, they, a lot of times they do spawn in places that you can kind of figure out. And actually, I do see a buggy in the distance. But I am doing something really stupid. I am running across open ground with only a little bit of armor, no helmet, and only a pistol. So I am I'm not being smart at the moment. But uh, I really don't have much to lose. It's early in the game. So this is a game where if you die, you are done. There are no lives. You're, you don't have actually very much life. Uh, you just, when you die, you're done. And you get to what's neat about this game, though, is that you don't have to wait for this game to be done. Once you die and you're out, you can just queue back up and into a brand new game. And so we are nice. coming up on a vehicle here. We this is the little dune buggy and we are going to drive it. Mm. Now, you're obviously playing in um, the, the one versus 100, I guess. But there is a version of this that's team based, right? Yes, you can. There are. There are three different ways you can queue up. You can queue up in duo singles, like I am, solo. You can queue up in duos, so everyone in your game is going to be a duo. There's n they don't do any mixing, I don't think. There's no, like, duos and solos or, or duos and squads or anything like that. And that's actually hmm. the other option is squads. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and check out these buildings over here. Again, super dangerous considering how lightly armed we are. Uh, this is actually one game where there's a lot of realism. It is by a designer of a mod for DayZ, which very much was like this here. Um, let's grab that Uzi here. It's still not great, but it's better than nothing. And <laughs> Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, okay. So... Any gun you pick up is not loaded. So you, the first thing you have to do is load any gun that you grab. Um, I don't have any rifles, which makes me sad uh, at the moment. So that is what I'm looking for now. But I am pretty, pretty heavily armored right now. I have a helmet. I have a level two vest. Um, 
basically the gear gets better as you go closer to the center of the map. Uh, there are a few exceptions for that. Also, there are drops that happen every once in a while, and those ha can yield some very nice gear. Uh, we're gonna hmm. we're gonna pick this stuff up here. Uh, grab all this ammo again. No rifle, but we'll deal. We have a vehicle, so we're we're pretty good. Now it seems like you you've been playing for quite a while and not seen anybody. Is this normal or is yes. this weird? So it it actually that's one of the nice things about this game is that uh you can play however you want. You can do what I've been doing. You can kind of like stick to the outskirts, not really engage heavily, or you can you can jump right into the thick of it. You can you can jump into the middle like in the Hunger Games, it was the cornucopia. You can go right in there and get into a massive fight right away. In those kind mm. of fights, the melee weapons are a lot more important and your your fists are a lot more important. There's actually a flying punch you can do that's pretty handy. Um, and, uh, oh, I see another car and I don't know if that's mine or not. Uh, I am actually playing without sound right now because I don't want the sound coming through here. So I don't know if someone's shooting at me yet. Uh, hmm. Pretty much, and that's just kind of something I'm doing right now. Normally, I would have my sound and be paying attention to it, uh, but yeah, it's it's oh nice. Oh, I found some, I found something good. Well, the stream is catching up a little bit, so so we'll be finding out what you found good yeah, momentarily. And how is how is the shooting? Does it feel good? Does it feel tight? Is it the shooting feels pretty tight? I I actually quite like the shooting. Uh, yeah, we'll stick with this. We'll actually put this on here for now. Uh, the shooting feels actually really good. Um, it gets a little loosey-goosey sometimes because it is such a big play area and, and there are, there are lots of things going on, but it's pretty mm -hmm. good. Like it's, I, I, I've kind of gotten used to the tightness that is, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. And, and I know a lot of people don't like calling Mass Effect Andromeda a shooter, but it does have really tight shooting mechanics, and that's good. And this, this game has pretty tight ones as well. You, you, you land your shots. You know, I would totally call Andromeda a shooter, mostly because of the character that I play as. I, I play as a tech sniper, so I, shooting is super important to me. But yeah, I mean, I guess if you're, if you're playing Andromeda as a biotic god <laughs> that no you're jedi. doing very exactly if you're if you're if you're a jedi you're not doing much shooting you're warping places you're throwing black holes you're doing that kind of thing oh uh, but i actually like my stuff so <laughs> i'm not gonna pick up pick up any of this so yes it is it is a pretty fantastic game so far i i have quite enjoyed it i actually haven't been playing that long i only picked this up a few days ago and that was largely due to our good friend uh uh jamie aka uh calamity jamie and she had been playing it some on her stream and i know a lot of other streamers are playing it have been playing it i saw yes. the yogs cast do they've been doing it for a while but i just finally saw one of their first streams in this and oh my god it was fucking hilarious yeah, this, this I've been hearing. I've actually been hearing mostly about this game. I ha this is kind of the first time I've seen more than just a few clips. Um, but I listened to the uh, the Giant Bombcast, and they have been very happy with this game, especially with the fact that it is technically early. A well, it is early access. Um, but they've talked a lot about it, about how much fun they've been having with it, and how impressed they are with it in the state that it's in, and how. Uh, they keep saying this could kind of be a full release and they would be happy. Um, so I'm interested. Sadly, I don't have a computer that can run anything like this. I, I'm pretty much a console gamer, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that this is, this is going really well. And it looks kind of cool. It looks a lot. Um, it's a lot more graphical fidelity than I was imagining. Yeah, it's it does really well and and it's one of those it's one of those games I think that you could play it on a lot of different machines. I think that maybe may have been what they were going for. It's I I think it's pretty scalable, which is nice. I have enjoyed it quite a lot and I have found myself uh thinking about this game when I'm not playing it. Uh mm. and and given how given how 
little action there is a lot of the times. So, I mean, like, at least for me, it's a lot of farming uh, for for stuff. It actually, mm-hmm. in that way, it sort of reminds me of League of Legends in that there is a big like farming phase where you're just kind of like you're just picking up kills in lane you're you're gathering gold to buy better stuff and then you get into these team fights and very much the team fights in league of legends sort of or the fights you get in here remind me of that because they're very quick and if you have never run into someone until like late in the game it's very possible that you'll get killed pretty quickly so it's it can I, I could see where someone might get frustrated, but I think one one ga- thing that this game has going for it in spades is that it's really easy to just pick up and play. Like you can mm-hmm. you can play a quick twenty minute game and you're just fine. Like you're you're good, and then you go back. You just queue back in. It it and I think that's that's phenomenal. Well, and I think it's very smart that if you are playing by yourself and you die that the game doesn't require you to stand around and wait for it to end before you can move on to a different game. You can just be like, all right, and queue up for a different game. I think that's perfect because that's, that's one of the reasons that in general, I don't play games that involve permadeath as it were Mm -hmm. and where you have a, you know, you only have the one life because I want to play the game. You know, I, I, I love Halo and yes, there are, modes in where you die and that's it but the vast majority of the time you die and you have to respawn after a couple seconds and so it's it's a little bit of a penalty but it's not like oh you know i i carved out an hour or two to play some halo tonight and i'm gonna spend half that time sitting there watching other people play because i happen to get a a bum spawn or i happen to not be that good tonight and i got killed so that's i think that helps with that pain point of you know this because this seems like the type of game with a hundred people in it and with the amount of time you've just been running around and haven't even seen anybody that you could end up conceivably in a game that could last 20 25 minutes and if you're one of the first people to die oh that's a lot of time to just sit around watching so it's good that you can just jump out and yeah, play yeah that is that is one of the strengths of the game if you're if you're dying a lot then guess what you you have lots of opportunities to play <laughs> and and hone your skills and, and do something different because if you're dying a lot you're probably doing something wrong at least that's my opinion if I, if, if I ever have those nights and where I'm dying a lot um I mean yeah sometimes I'm just having a bad night and every once in a while it's bad luck but it's usually oh I'm just not being smart about how I play I'm just I'm just doing dumb shit if I could stop doing the dumb shit I will survive longer yeah, and, and this game definitely has that too. I mean, if you want to, you can just roll into the middle where everyone else is jumping out. It's kind of cool. Like, if you look at the plane as it's going along, you can see people as they jump out. And that is a lot of fun. Oh, shit. Oh, I I fell off a ledge. And I was very lucky I didn't hurt myself. <laughs> uh, I'm actually also oh, there is fall damage in this. There game. is uh, damage is is pretty nasty. You can only bandage so much before you have to take something like a painkiller to heal the rest. I'm actually I'm I'm in a bit of trouble here. Uh, I faffed around too much, and the blue death is about to envelop the area I'm in. Uh, there's a car not far from me, but it's going to be close. And if I, I I'm in a situation I'm in a situation where if I run into anyone I'm not going to be able to fight very effectively because I'm going to be essentially be like get out get out get out get out oh fuck but- I am boned I'm boned a little Mm-mm. uh so these cars that I thought were here were totally not and so I have to find my dune buggy uh, that I left. Uh, that hopefully someone didn't jack. Can you run faster than the blue death? Uh, initially, yes. Although now that it has passed me, I am um, I'm in a bit of a bind. Oh, there's my buggy. Gotta get to my buggy. Fuck this goddamn wall. Okay. Okay. Just get in my buggy. <laughs> I'm hurt pretty badly. 
and oh god i'm gonna kill myself with this okay oh shit and the blue death actually gets worse uh so initially it's it's pretty manageable like i'll be okay here in fact i'll probably be okay enough that if i wanted to i could go for the actual car that's sitting over there but at this point i just kind of want to get out of here and find a place to hole up and um and there's another car right there too that i could grab uh, but the buggy is fine i'll i'll grab another car at some point hopefully uh, I just need to find a place to kind of hole up for a bit. Um, but yes, as as you go on, the blue death gets faster and more deadly. Oh, that's that's right there. Which which makes sense for this type of game. I mean, that's the that's kind of the way these type of games work is that everything gets closer and faster and meaner and deadlier and, you know, kind of trying to convince you not to just camp i would assume yeah yeah it's it's very much designed to bring about an end to the game and so how long do most games last on average uh on average i've played anywhere from 15 to 25 minutes it's okay so if you well not just reasonable but if you manage to not be one of the first people killed and survive for a little bit into the game it's it's a it's a chunk of time. I, I see why you actually compare it to League of Legends. Well, League of Legends, you can surrender at 20, and that's like the minimum a game would last, uh, assuming that uh, that everything else is equal. But, uh, but this, like, that's sort of the nominal game time. Nominal to, to long game would be, would be 20, 25 minutes. I'm mm. actually going to go grab this motorcycle here. It's probably a bad choice, but uh But sometimes you just have to look cool. And like I said, your guns are empty when they uh when you get them. They're also, interestingly enough, always set to Oh, I caught on the backseat of the fucking bike. They're also <laughs> interestingly always set to single fire. So you have to actually set your weapon to either burst or or auto fire, depending on what, what weapon you have. Uh, huh. And that's actually that's one cool thing about this game, right? As it is right now, is that the there's not a ton of weapons. So since everyone is kind of new, having like lots and lots of weapons would kind of be like, oh well, I, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do. But the yeah. fact that there are so few means that you kind of get the get the hang of the of the ones. Because honestly, at least the way I play, I don't shoot a whole lot because as you've seen, I try and avoid. Uh, combat for a while. Ooh, okay. Let's make some decisions here. Uh, so we're going to put this forex scope right there. We're going to put the red dot sight there. Okay, so now I pretty much have a sniper weapon, which is good. The 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 M16 that I'm rolling, I have used as a sniper before, and it's it's actually pretty effective. Um, I am going to switch it to single fire now. Now, is this the kind of game in where you get points for killing people, yes. or is the only goal be the last person you standing? get? So you, from what I've seen, and I'm sure this is wrong because every time I fucking talk about a game on this show that I'm just starting, like Destiny, it turns out no, I'm I'm wrong about everything. Uh, <laughs> it you do get points for killing. You do get points for for how you rank as in where you finish in the game and those points are substantial you also get points for just damaging people like if you do massive damage to someone then oh dear uh then you do get quite a few points for that okay so it is possible to uh essentially win the game by points but not be the last person standing you don't necessarily win so like other um sort of MMORPH games, you don't really, oh shit, I'm in a bad zone. What? I didn't even... Oh shit. I'm in a bad zone. Where did I park my motorcycle? You're in a bad zone? Yeah, I... Uh, Are you in the danger I zone? I am literally in the danger zone. Need to get back out on the road and... If I wasn't such a shitty driver, you saw my driving the other day and you know, it's terrible. So 
Listen, my driving ain't much better in games, so I'm I'm oh not going to critique. I am getting so fucked up. Which way do I need to go? Oh wow, the area is super closing in now. This this that's actually one of the things that does limit how how long the games last is oh shit, I flipped my bike. Fuck me, I'm dead. I'm dead. Cuz I got hurt by the bike. And now I'm on foot because it's flipped. Yep, I'm dead. I'm just going to squeeze off some rounds because... Yep. Ah. Oh, that was stupid. It happens. God, and, the, and here you played for like 15, 20 minutes. You didn't see anybody. Nope. And the, the circle had gotten super small. So I definitely would have seen someone if I had lasted just a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Like, like you see, you can actually, I haven't exited out to the lobby so I can see how many people were left and like three people just died in, in rapid succession. So, uh, it, they were probably in the same, the same situation you were. Right. And that's, okay. that's the nice thing is that because the area closes in, like, even though I was faffing about, I, I was about to have to fight a lot of people. Yeah. Now I, I had the gear for it. So, and that's actually a pretty, a pretty interesting uh, observation about this game is that there's a couple of ways to get gear. You can either farm the long farm like uh, like I did, or you can hop in and just start killing people right away. And you you would get a lot of kill points for that, uh, but who knows how long you would actually last. But it, I, yeah. I, from what I understand, it is a really, really good way to get practice with the guns. Just, just hop into where a ton, a ton of people are going to be, find any gun, and just go to town. Nice. Well, it sounds like fun, and definitely, if you end up playing with some um, some of our friends, some of the um, the it's not co op, but the the team play, uh, I'd love to hear about that too. Oh, absolutely! I can't wait for to play with other people. I actually played a little bit with our friend uh, Goober. Uh, I well, we we set up a date to play. Like he sent me a message saying, hey, you want to play? And I'm like, yeah, sure. That that sounds good. And then we just didn't end up playing because it, it got to be too late. But I, 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 I'm like, yes, we will definitely, definitely play. Well, and hopefully if this game does well enough, the creators will think about bringing it to console and then I can play because I don't, I don't have a, a computer right this now. This would be like, so... There are a lot of console shooters like Overwatch. I've played on both, uh, both PC and console, and mm-hmm. I feel like I get a pretty decent experience either way. And it, like with the console, I definitely play with more friends, but I sort of like the uh, mouse and keyboard mechanics of the PC, obviously. So it, it's two yeah. different experiences. This I've only experienced on PC. I don't know how well it would translate to to a console i i'm sure it would be fine but there are some fiddly shooty bits that uh that uh i don't think you would actually that would translate well i don't think yeah you'd probably have to um or whoever was actually um porting it would probably need to work on an, an optimization kind of thing um however however you would go about doing that, you know, like having, um, just basically making it easier for console players in general, because you don't have the same kind of, of pinpoint accuracy and, you know, whether that's more of a lock on system, whether that's, um, uh, something like, you know, halo or gears and where there's, there's some magnetism behind your, your reticle, um, who knows? And that's the one thing is that this game does have a lot of keys. You have separate keys for prone and crouch. So those would have to be consolidated in a console for a controller, I would imagine. Um, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like if everyone had an elite, it would be less of a problem. But since the elite isn't the standard, then yeah. you, you have to make you have to make adjustments. And I think that would be one of the adjustments Uh there's a couple of different ways to get to the inventory. There would probably just be one quick inventory key. Uh, I mean, everyone pretty much uses tap for inventory in this anyway, but that yeah. would probably be the only option in a console version. But I think, I don't think those are insurmountable no, odds, no, no, no. especially considering, um, I mean, Call of Duty has a, a myriad of different 
crazy things that you have to be able to do in a multiplayer match. And people seem to enjoy that just fine. Yeah, absolutely. So since Jack isn't here, I wanted to, yes. and, and uh, listeners, we are going to talk. Do you, is there anything you else you wanted to say about Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, God. There's so much. Let's, let's talk about that a bit. Uh, guys, we're going to we're gonna talk some uh, Guardians of the Galaxy probably for the rest of the show. Um, yeah. I do want to mention, uh, there was something in This Week at Geek about um, that I kind of wanted to mention myself. Oops, I did not mean to eject myself, but I just did. So that happened. <laughs> uh, well, we talked about, it was Fred Rogers. It was um, Baby Names and... Um, uh, the the gay po- gay sex in uh, American oh, Gods. Oh, there we go. Okay, yeah. So I wanted to talk briefly, just really quick, and rant about Star Wars. What or not Star Wars? Uh, Star Trek. What is it? Discovery. Star, the new Star Trek series that's getting ready to come out. I f- yeah, which I've heard very little. I know about. that it is. It's got a. Uh, it's got a woman of color. As the main character, she's not the captain of the ship, which it, I thought was pretty cool. Uh, and, and so it's got a lot going for it. It sounds kind of interesting, except for the fact that it is another fucking prequel. We have not hmm. advanced the Star Trek timeline since Voyager. We it, It's on... And you can't even really count Voyager because Voyager was just... Yeah, Voyager just, fa- universe, just you know? fucked off and then was just like, oh, well, it's... Uh, there's uh we're we're just kind of doing our own thing here. Yeah. But I know I know what you mean about yeah, we haven't gone forward. Um which I I I um uh I kind of don't mind if they don't go forward in time because really the heart of the of Star Trek in general of those shows should be about the crew and the exploration, but it is interesting that they decided not to uh, that is prequelish, you know. Do we know if it's set in the new timeline or is it the old it timeline? It's set. I'm I'm not sure. That's that's the thing. I'm not. I'm. I have no idea because it's like the. It's set after Enterprise, but before Star Trek proper. So, They've actually said that. They've yes, actually clarified yes. that. Then my guess is it's the old timeline because if they, if they were, if they referenced old show and old I mean before the Chris Pine version of Star Trek then my guess is that it's the old TV well you say that but actually in in Chris Pine's Enterprise uh, in that timeline Enterprise is canon wait 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 because like the, 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 the fuckery that creates the alternate timeline that yes. happens after Enterprise they actually reference after Enterprise the TV show. After, after Enterprise the... the TV show, it they actually reference a character or two characters from Enterprise. They ad- reference Admiral Archer's do- Beagle. Yeah, I guess. And so this is this is supposed to take place before, before that. Before that, and at, but after Enterprise. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. No, that's no, a, that's I'm... a that's a pretty narrow relatively narrow portion of time for all we know this could start off in one timeline and switch to the uh, they could decide they could, it decide could be a mid-season. fucking new timeline for all we know who fucking knows my point is is that it's ridiculous and i hate it <laughs> well i'm i'm i don't know if i hate it or not i just i wish they well, would stick to one the or other the other thing <laughs> that annoys me about it is the fact that it is on cbs's streaming service Rather than CBS proper or another Viacom uh, channel. Oh, it's not actually on uh, on TV proper. It's only, it's only on their on the streaming. streaming. Interesting. I didn't know that. That's depressing. I agree. Why would they only put it I on their streaming know. No service and not actually watch air it? In it? that case. Well, definitely not as many people as if it was on regular. I mean, if. If I wanted to be super positive about it, I would say this is an indication of your core hard hardcore old school network TV shows or TV networks finally moving towards what I hope is the one day future in where they just 
friggin stream all of their shows and then you get to have the chance of an a la carte system where you can choose per show or per channel or whatever you know for the longest time if it wasn't comedy central essentially essentially if you wanted to see anything streaming you had to wait for it to show up on netflix you you know it, or it just didn't it just didn't show up anywhere and so the fact that they would be willing to put a, what should be a marquee show you know with such a recognizable brand on just streaming maybe this is a positive sign maybe this is them saying we're going to start putting this stuff out there streaming first you know with the popularity of people just watching shit on Netflix and from now on, you know, we're going to move away from the, the old TV model. And, you know, I, we know plenty of people who do not have a cable subscription right. and, you know, and I just talked about it at the beginning of this episode, as much as America, I love the American gods book as much as I really want to see the show. I have no interest in subscribing to any sort of cable package in order to get stars. Um, I will just keep an eye on it until it inevitably is available in some streaming fashion and grab it from there. So I maybe this is the the way towards the future. It's possible. And I definitely wouldn't put it past that. It's just I'm a little disappointed because that just means I'm not going to be watching it for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's it'll take a while, but. I don't, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm in, I'll be interested to see if it's only on streaming. So the CBS app or the CBS streaming service, I'm assuming, is a, a pay service? Yes, it, I believe it's five bucks a month. Okay. Do you have to watch? Are there advertisements in the shows when you watch? Do we I know? I have no idea. I don't subscribe to their current streaming service, so I, I, I don't know. Okay. Because that's the other thing that I'm I'm hoping. I am more than willing to pay for say hbo go um per month if it means i get to see shows without ads um i'm not as much of a fan of there's the the different hulu mm-hmm. models and where like you could watch stuff for free but then there's ads or you could pay like a little bit and then there's still ads i i i am i either give me ads and free or let me pay a little bit of money but then get rid of the ads you know and so i'd be interested to see if if it's a because that may be the other bad thing if if it's um not bad thing so like if you watch netflix original shows they don't have to break for commercials they don't have to stop and have a a a place that fades out and fades back in for shit um and it's it's, it makes it a little bit more of a cinematic experience Mm. i guess would be the way to put it and uh that is the one problem of regular tv ending up on a streaming service and where suddenly you don't have to watch any ads um that's been my one i I think it's actually a throwback i don't think this is meant to be real commercial breaks but have you seen any of the new mystery science theater episodes with uh okay i've really we've only seen a couple of episodes so far um, but I've really enjoyed them. I thought it is totally within the spirit of the original show. It's the, the riffing is excellent. And that's all I really care about are the riffs funny. Um, it continues to have the same commercial breaks, even though there are no commercials. Um, so there are, there are bumpers. Oh my God. I just got are... a vehicle kill. Oh, well, and, and now I'll pause. Because the stream is a little bit behind you, which well, means I get to watch this in anticipation. Oh, I see the person. I see the person. And- <laughs> well, now I don't oh, know where his awesome. body is. I lost. You I ran over. So I ran over him and now I don't know where he is. So I can't loot his shit. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes sometimes there is a cost for yes, awesomeness. And this this and time this is it. I cuz I have to that's I have cost. to get to the uh to the safe area here. Anyway, so yes. Uh but you were talking about cinematic experiences and we have more Guardians of the yes. Galaxy to talk about. Yes. So last it sounds like the last 10 minutes of our show we're going to do Guardians of the Galaxy with yeah, spoilers. Yeah, let's just talk with spoilers and let's start now. We have, yeah. we have 15 yeah. minutes left, and I imagine there's a lot to talk about. I mean, last time we were talking because we did not have Jenga at the moment, and we were kind of like thinking, okay, in five minutes he'll be back, so let's time it. And then that's yeah. exactly what happened. Yeah, and and it was good because we were able to kind of give our, our, our 
basics about it. Um, okay. Um, God, where do we even begin? Because now I've had a chance to like listen to a little bit of the um, the soundtrack uh, apart from the show, uh, from the movie, and think a little bit more about some of the the stuff that's um, that happened and like. I don't know when it happened, but, um, sorry, I'm just, I, I'm suddenly, I'm suddenly, like, thrown off by the, the whole, um, 80s nostalgia that has just, like, that that movie is infused with, as much as the original sound, as the, 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 Music that's used in Guardians 2 is 70s and 60s and Motown and throwbacks and all kinds of stuff. Um, Star-Lord is quintessential 80s in a lot of ways. And his whole, I used to pretend that my dad was the guy from Knight Rider. Like, that's... That whole thing blew me away. And then that cameo? That cameo was amazing. It really was. That might be one of the best cameos ever of all yeah. time. And and there were like like you said, I definitely agree that he is. Even though a lot of the music that he likes is his mom's music, so and, and like you pointed out when we were first starting talking about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy way back when, but um, the fact that he is a child of the '80s means that there are all these great '80s references, and they are even when Star Lord is not in the movie he is definitely that that influence is still there like with the sovereign mm. when you find out that their ships are drones and that they're piloted from an arcade complete with arcade sounds that yep star lord never sees complete that, sense but it is definitely in that vein and in that spirit and it is it is phenomenal it is so well done i heard an interesting uh comment on the movie that actually um made me think about it in a different way. The the original, I was listening to the Geek Show, uh, the Geek Show podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts, you know, with, with the exception of Glibshark. And they were talking, they'd started by talking about how all of the characters in this movie, all the main characters managed to get moments and, you know, nobody's kind of shortchanged. And they went on to talk about how um, the scenes between Gamora and Nebula um, managed to basically shatter the whole Bechtel test thing and, and how they have this really interesting relationship that's more than just, um, I want to kill you. Um, and so they're, they're talking about all these relationships and character arcs and character moments. And they, they said something interesting, which is that um, Star-Lord, in a way, is not the the main the most important character in the movie he is the catalyst he is the focal point he is the reason that that uh certain things get set off and happen but he is really just in a way like the center plot device he's got his own little little arc obviously with his dad and everything but like there is so much of this being about the story of all these other characters and the, the individual things that they're going through that also tie into what the, the main plot that we're seeing on screen, that it's, it's just kind of fascinating. And I, I thought about that. I'm like, all right, I could, I could see that. I could totally see him just being, all right, you know, we're going to go have this adventure with my dad. And because of this, all these other things are going to happen. Yeah. I, and definitely you mentioned the scenes with Gamora and Nebula, though those were phenomenal. Like from the moment Gamora, or I'm sorry, from the moment that Nebula screams out of the sky, firing all her guns at poor Gamora while she's running along on the ground, mm -hmm. everything from that to them leaving on the, the Ravager ship and, 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 and Gamora trying to convince Nebula to, to stay that all of that is just so good. Yeah. Okay. So if you had to pick, a moment. What's your favorite moment from the movie? Oh God! I know this is not easy. I I honestly think it was the revelation of the nature of the drone ships. I thought because that just t 
tickled the fuck out of me. It's like, holy shit, that's literally an arcade. And then the part where like yeah. there's the one guy chasing him and then he, he his ship gets destroyed and everyone's like, you suck. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was just so good. Um, If I had to pick, so I had two moments. I'm going to cheat. One is, hey, is that Ben Browder? Oh, fuck, that's Ben Browder, which I know like it's, He's not there as a cameo. He's there as an actor playing a, a small role, but a role. Um, but that moment was like all the cameos in this movie or all of the guest appearances, I guess you could say, because a, a lot of them aren't really cameos. I mean, Sylvester Stallone, that's not really a cameo. That's that's Tango and Cash being reunited, essentially. I that's didn't even fucking think casting. about that. Oh, come I'm serious. On. I Kurt uh, Russell and Sylvester I, Stallone. That, I never. It did not occur to me that that. Fuck. That's probably one of my only knocks against the movie is those two don't have a scene together, as far nope, as I remember. I don't think they do. I think you're right. Which, which is like, how do you have Tango and Cash in the same movie, and you don't, you, whatever. So anyway, but Ben Browder in the movie was my personal. Um, oh shit, look moment. But my favorite scene is um, on the Ravager ship after uh, Rocket and Yondu have finally broken out and they take over. They, they walk through the ship. Oh God, okay, yeah. Casually yeah, slaughtering that's, everybody. That's pretty amazing. And what's um what's the song that's uh, playing? Oh, a come little a little bit closer. Bit closer. Yeah, yeah, by Jay and the Americans. It's, it's just, it's, and, and Groot gets a couple, like, you finally get to see baby Groot really, you really kind of understand that, wait a second, all right, this is, this is a young being, but this is not an innocent being. And, like, the, the just joyful, casual Come way that Rocket and Yondu slaughter dozens of people. So big and so strong. And, oh, God, that was that scene made me so yeah, happy. That, that was pretty phenomenal. That was a great scene. And that was, I think some of the, um, the brilliance of the soundtrack of, um, just this movie and the guardians series in general, the, the soundtracks are, have been a hundred percent. Some of the best parts of the movie. Oh, um, Oh, so happy. So happy. But yeah, that's probably my, my favorite scene right there. And then and then I cried like a baby yep. at the end. Like like a goddamn baby. I bawled my eyes out that, when he died. That scene was uh, my only complaint might be might be that it's a little drawn out because you have you know what's as soon as Rocket hands him the spacesuit and arrow rake, you know exactly what's gonna fucking happen. But I think it was still so well done. And that's everything from yeah. Yandu saying, let me have this, to the ascent into the sky and and saying, I may not have been your father, but I was definitely your daddy. And, oh, it's just everything was so great. Oh, God, I forgot. It's bad out there. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Uh, but everything, everything <laughs> yeah, was so I, good about that. I, and then... I, I think this is once again, because we talked about this last time, where Rocket Raccoon is one of the, if not the best CGI characters in, in recent memory, if not ever. This movie ends mm-hmm. with the close-up of Rocket, tearily watching mm-hmm. the Ravager funeral. And I think that's a big, that's a big win for that character. To have that moment, the last moment in, in this movie... And to have that much emotion in it, it's it's so well done. It, it speaks very highly of the team that created uh, Rocket. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and this is now the second movie in the series in where an anthropomorphized raccoon has, if not made me cry, contributed to yep. my crying. Because, like... The, the that that first movie when Groot sacrifices himself, like ch- I got choked up a bit, but it wasn't until Rocket is responding, like you know they're on the ground and he's 
distraught because his friend has essentially died. That's the moment that I started crying. And then, yeah, I was I was crying at the end of this one when Yandu died, but it wasn't really until the the this essentially the funeral at the end and seeing him, you know, tear up. And I I completely agree. I mean, I and I do think it a little bit of the the voice performance is important, but yeah, I mean, the stuff that they're those CGI characters it doesn't matter that they're CGI I want Rocket Raccoon to win a fucking Academy Award and I think it's sad that like you could give it visual effects but it's unfortunate that that's all it would get yeah I at what point I mean we've we've had that discussion because of of Andy Serkis and, and Gollum a bunch of times now and not just Gollum, but also with him doing um, uh, planet of the apes. Like at what point does, and he's even said, talked about this about how, yes, you could give Andy circus because at least I don't think rocket is performance captured. I think he's completely uh, no. CGI, right? That's actually something that complicates this whole thing. So Sean Gunn, the guy who plays uh, the one really prominent ravager, like Kragum, He's the one, yeah. at least in Guardians of the Galaxy 1, he was the one that did the performance capture, like the live green-suited maniac uh, that played Rocket. And it was actually an interesting story of that production because he and, and Dave Bautista had a really close friendship after, like during the filming. Like, they really got on. And that was, a mm -hmm. lot of people feel like that was something that contributed to Rocket and Drax's chemistry was the fact that those two had such great chemistry. Hmm. Okay. I, for whatever reason, I didn't think that Rocket was performance capture. I, uh, that that he was, but that's and I think it was interesting that it but, was Sean you know Gunn. Like it was someone who, uh, it was the director's brother, and it was like, yeah, he, yeah, he totally killed it, and not, and not the, the voice, voice actor. actor. Yeah, which you know what can can happen, um, but okay. So let's that that actually then ties it even closer into Gollum because Andy Serkis has talked about how, yeah, I'm an actor and I'm acting when I'm in that performance suit and I'm acting when I'm doing the voice and I would like to think that essentially the CGI is is like makeup in a way, but it's not just you know it's not just makeup. And if you enjoy the performance of Gollum, then credit isn't just for me. It's for all these animators who help bring this character to life. And I think that then rocket is an apt comparison because you've got a team of people who are bringing that character to life and equating the, the performance capture and the voice actor as the only things making that character believable is does a short, uh, uh, just short changes all the CGI people right. who are involved because they're in artists contributing to that too. Yeah. And, and you need all those people. You need the voice actor, you need the performance capture and you need the, the effects artists all working in concert because if one of those three parts fail, the whole thing falls apart. It is a three-legged stool and it will not stand if one right. part sucks. And I think as video game players, we kind of know that intrinsically because, you know, all it takes for a gorgeously uh, rendered game that is fun to play, all it takes for scorn to be heaped upon it is for the voice acting to be bad. Or if you get awesome voice actors, you know, or you end up with, Mass Effect, where you get great voice actors and a fun game, but the visuals suck or have issues, you know? And now I just want to go listen to I kind of do too. I was, I, I was talking a little bit, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy earlier, and that uh, a friend of mine mentioned that she was, uh, she was listening to that soundtrack, and I'm like, oh, dang, now I'm, I've got that music in my head now. Well, you know what? We've reached seven o'clock. Why don't we uh, say good night? We'll let you go back to being okay. able to hear your game, and I will go onto YouTube and go listen and to come a little bit closer. If you have any comments on, for then. us, you can reach us on Twitter at Glib Shark individually. Once again, at Oba Crazy for her. 
at road underscore block for me and at Jack Edithil for Mr. Jack Edithil. And please like and subscribe us on YouTube. Find us on iTunes. Leave us a review. We love hearing reviews and we love reading the reviews and getting that feedback. We, we want to listen to all of that. We want to listen to your feedback for Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. And and some exciting stuff is happening there. You really, you really ought to owe it to yourself to listen to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Definitely now. But but uh, once again, for all of us here at Glipshark, thank you so much for, for spending some time with us. And we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye. That's all for this week's episode of Glib Shark. But you can find more swimming around the internet. Go fishing for us on iTunes. We're a five-star catch. Or follow us on Twitter, at Glib Shark. You can even drop us a line, glibshark at gmail.com. Until next week, stay sharky, my friends.